Hello, everyone. <laughs> I am dealing with a big case of the sniffles right now because... Look, let's just say, even though we somehow miraculously made it to number five in the charts. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for that. Personally. But we are not pros in any way, shape or form, which means we currently have, if you've seen on our Instagram stories, <laughs> literal mattresses on the wall. But these mattresses came from the shed. The van. And the van, <laughs> which means there has been dust settling on them for a really long time. So because we moved them. I'm trying to hold back a sneeze as we start. Tara's got the sniffles. So throughout the throughout the um, podcast, you might hear. <laughs> if you guys hear me sniffling, I am sorry. I've taken an antihistamine and let's just hope it kicks in really soon because, <laughs> yeah, we're on a short schedule trying to film this, get this done for you guys. Um, but in today's episode, we are going to be talking about all things ADHD diagnosis. This is one of probably the, the most, again, other than last week, this is probably the next highly requested topic that we get asked on. Yeah, and I think it's the more your journey, your journey with yeah. ADHD. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about my journey with getting an ADHD diagnosis and what that kind of looked like for me. And then at the end, we're kind of going to talk about, I guess, some advice if you are looking to get a diagnosis, but mm -hmm. we're also going to just be talking about the topics around diagnosis and and all the things like that oh my god I'm literally like dying of I can feel the snot <laughs> sorry guys this is so gross but um anyway <laughs> we also really wanted to do a we're kind of gonna we need a bit of your help because we mm. want to include a segment where basically on a Monday we're going to release an episode that is kind of informative you know we talk about a topic we give you guys some some value some tips some tricks and things and then on our Thursday episode we want it to be you guys <laughs> we about want you it guys. to be stories about ADHD and yeah. we really the vision that we have for the Thursday episode is kind of just like a place where you get to come. You get to have a laugh at other people doing dumb shit just like you. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the Thursday episode. But it's mm. basically going to be a segment in and of its own. But we're also going to include in the Monday episodes a segment. So we need help coming up with a name um, of this segment. And yeah. it's basically like ADHD moments or like ADHD fails from the week. Which plenty of you guys actually sent in <laughs> so much. And yeah. we've had to like sift through all of them. Yeah. So we are going to be sharing them at the end of this episode. Um, but please send in your suggestions to us on Instagram or even email if you want. Or just, Facebook. Or yeah. Anyway, just yeah. however you want to contact us, giving us some ideas of what we can actually call this segment. We mm. want it to be, I guess, something other than just ADHD fails or like ADHD moments. Mm. But even then, that might work. So let us know what you guys think. Help us come up with something creative. Um, but without any further ado, let's get into today's topic. Sweet. I'm just sniffling over here. <laughs> I'm like puffing, trying to like hold in the sniffles. So T-Dizzle's going to start with us and telling us about her kind of journey finding finding out she had ADHD and early years, teen yeah. years, and then now here we are. Yeah. So let's just say I was your poster child of ADHD. I, If you knew me as a kid, it's literally the definition of what you would think ADHD is. Would the listeners like to know how many preschools and primary schools Tara went to? Let's just say I grew up in a very small community and before the age of 
four, um, sorry for the sniffles, before the age of four, <laughs> I was probably moved, politely asked to leave quite a few preschools. And it got to the point there was no preschools left for me to attend. So my poor mother could not have me at home because I was driving her literally up the walls. And I honestly feel like she should have been here for this bloody podcast. And maybe, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll yeah. get her on other ones and <laughs> she, she can, can, she she can, can pull back, the veil yeah. over Tara's <laughs> younger years. She can back me up on all these claims. But, you know, let's just say like I was, I had way too much energy to sit still in a classroom. Um, I was, yeah, the stock standard. Impulsive yeah, thoughts. Impulsive thoughts, <laughs> chatterbox, everything. Couldn't sit still. And to the point that, and it's quite a funny thing, and I'm actually going to tell the story because it's pretty funny. <laughs> so, and it's like my, there's two memories I have of primary, of preschool. So this is before the age of four that I really remember black and like crystal clear that it's like ADHD mm. stock standard. So I don't know if any of you guys remember, but when I was in preschool or when I was a kid, there were these jelly shoes that every single child had. Every kid had these jelly shoes and they had like glitter in them. These like glistening little shoes. Oh, and yes, I remember. my mom had bought me a pair, like a really like before everyone kind of got them. And oh, so you were a trendsetter, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the point <laughs> of the story. But I had worn them and they gave me sensory overload, which we didn't know at the time was sensory overload, but I didn't like them because my feet, they would make my feet really sweaty. Mm. Um, or I think I tried them on at the shop. I didn't think I, ever, I didn't even have a pair. That's right. I didn't have a pair. I tried them on at the shops and my feet got sweaty and I didn't like them. Right. <laughs> so my mom was like, you're not getting any, like we're not going to waste the money on them. So I wasn't allowed them. And so I just knew I wasn't allowed those shoes. But what did every other girl, every other little girl have at preschool? the glittery shoes <laughs> and you know what I did it's so bad I'm not proud of this <laughs> when everyone else was in nap time Tara went around and she stole everyone's shoes and put them in her bag and no one had shoes to go home Whoa, with that thief. day and so then I came home <laughs> did you ha come home with all I the pairs I can't remember if it was like I got caught I got caught I don't know if like they were like when mum came to pick me up the bag was open and all the shoes Sorry, were there. Just standing there. And I was the, like, and I just door. remember going, I wanted the shoes. And it was like, if I can't have them, no one else can have them. <laughs> but I was so, I think the point I'm trying to make is I was so hyper fixated on them. Mm. And it was like the impulse was there. Like everything was just there. That's the first memory I have. The second memory I have was kindergarten. This was after preschool, kindergarten. We were sitting down, we were reading, I think the teacher was reading that like fish book, the rainbow fish. Oh yes. Yeah, and I remember it because I really one, liked yeah. it because it had glitter in it anyway. <laughs> and I remember it very, very vividly. And she was sitting there and I had to always sit at the front of the reading circle. I had to sit at the very front at the teacher's feet because she had to monitor me because I was a little <laughs> runaway. So anyway, we were sitting there and I, this is so bad. This is really not painting me in a good light. At least the teacher's probably not listening <laughs> to this. And yeah. <laughs> And I just remember having, she had this big, long, beautiful skirt on. And I was like, I just had this impulse. I was like, I wonder what undies she's wearing. It's so bad. It's so bad. And I don't know why I had this impulse. I was like four at the time. And anyway, so the teacher was sitting there and I, the book was coming to an end. And I knew that if I wanted to figure out what undies she's on, she had on, I only had a very short time. And for, in my head, for some reason, I figured because she's sitting down, she wouldn't notice if I like lifted the skirt <laughs> up. So anyway, the book was coming to an end. I felt that pressure coming. And so little bloody Tara decided it would be a great idea to just 
yeet Mrs. Skirt up in the air. So you nearly said her name, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, lift her skirt up in the air so I could see what undies she had on. And then I got sent to the principal's office. Anyway, so that was me as a kid. Um, you haven't told us how many preschools though. I know. I No, it was primary school. Oh, primary school, sorry. Yeah, so I changed primary schools, I think it was five or six times. <laughs> yeah. Five or six times I changed schools. They weren't different schools. They mm. were just back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> so I don't know what's worse. Like I reckon your parents had like an agreement with each one. <laughs> you get them for two years and you get... <laughs> Probably. But yeah, no, look, I, I moved and then I actually ended up having to... So because, because my mom sent me to school a year early because mm. none of the preschools would take me um and she's like maybe you know she needs to go to school she needs something a bit more stimulating so she sent me to school early a year early than everyone so I was the youngest in my class hence the immaturity of bloody lifting up the skirt <laughs> anyway so I was there a year early which meant that um by the time I got to like grade four or five my peers were a lot ahead of me in terms yeah. of like intellect and just maturity and all the things and that really showed and I couldn't spell I could not, I was that kid, I would get homework and you could not, my dad and my mum could not get me to sit down. Still can't. <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> dad, can. dad could attest to that. Um, but you yeah, know, they couldn't get me to sit down in the afternoons to actually do my homework and learn how to read. Hmm. So actually it wasn't even reading, learn how to spell. I just couldn't concentrate long enough. So anyway, sorry, I'm trying not to sniffle. Um, so I actually ended up having to repeat grade four. Mm. Um, because of my spelling, lack of spelling or lack of, you know, intellect, um, at the time. And then I changed schools again. And long story short, I was supposed to child of ADHD. Um, throughout this whole time, when I was about three or four, my mum did take me to the doctor and I did technically get a diagnosis. But at that time, <sighs> girls in particular, even though I was the poster child of ADHD, mm. I looked like I did have it. I think simply just being a girl, there was so little awareness around how it presented differently in girls. Um, and because I was also a gymnast at the time I, and a swimmer, I was getting a lot of my energy mm. out. out. So they mm. kind of just thought it was like food related or like parenting related. It was food related in the way of red dye, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's a story for another day. I wasn't allowed any of that oh, okay. because that just made it worse. Um, so, yeah, anytime I went to parties as a kid, mum would always kind of tell the, the parents at the time that Tara's are not allowed to have this, 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 even though I did. Like, I can guarantee you I was like smuggling that stuff. Like the Tara center. can't have it. Tara's like, yes, I can. Tell me no and I will make sure I get it in some way. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, yeah, like at the time I did technically get diagnosed, the doctor had a conversation around it, but that was kind of it. And that was when I was like three or four. So I think just at the time there was such little education around what it is, mm. what you can do. And I think not even that, there was such stigma around the medication and I don't even think just stigma. It was the shame as well. Like, you know, have like almost this idea of like having a kid that's that's broken um like that's how they they used to see it you know mm. it's this sense of like your kid's broken because it has to take meds and and my parents just didn't understand it enough and look i i give them credit like you know i i wouldn't necessarily give my children something i didn't understand either mm. so it's kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt that they did the best with what they knew you know what with, with what they had basically yeah i always thought something that you always that you have told me about your parents is they never really judged you 
Yeah. And they really like supported you in those situations where teachers yeah. weren't as thoughtful. Yeah, for, and forgiving or something like that. And that's actually when when we think about when I talk about like that I changed school so many times. Yes, a lot of the time it was behavioral issues. Yeah. But majority of it actually came from my parents saying, you know, Tara's not being supported at this school. Yeah. You know, Tara's not being given what she needs at this school. So it was actually them a lot of the time also taking that initiative. And I think that that was like a really protective kind of thing that happened in my life. Um, so because I was never, I guess, treated for ADHD, like formally, I was still able to have that support from my parents in a different way. And I was a gymnast and really mm. into sport. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what comes next. <laughs> what comes next? Um, so yeah, basically Probably I went, teenage, teenage yeah, years. look, I went through, I went through my, my whole, um, my whole childhood undiagnosed, oh, sorry, untreated plus. And when I say diagnosed, I didn't I, like, it's such a fine line because it's, it didn't have any impact. Mm. You know, that conversation with the doctor, it was like going in, getting a checkup, leaving. Like that was it. ADHD was never thrown around. I was never labeled as ADHD. It was never really a thing. Like I kind of knew it in the back of my head. Oh, ha, ha, you've mm. got ADHD. That was it. There was not a single topic or conversation about it until I was in my adult years. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like I would joke about it. I'm like, oh, that's my ADHD. But that was like literally even then, like not really, like I just did not have that understanding. So yeah, I went through my, my primary school years and my high school years, um, my teenage years, obviously undiagnosed and having no awareness, which then led to a lot of impulsive risk-taking behaviors in my mm. teenage years. And, you know, they've done a lot of studies um, <clears throat> and a lot of research into what undiagnosed ADHD can do, particularly in girls, it can, you know, I don't, don't quote me on this. I don't know the exact statistics, but I know that there's, you know, relationships and, and correlations between, you know, undiagnosed ADHD and things like, you know, eating disorders and things like, you know, drug and alcohol issues, like different kind of addictive kind of behaviors. Like there's a lot of issues with that, even like risky and impulsive, like sex and all those things. And that's not to say that I did all those things and, and whatnot, but like that's, it's just a really interesting thing to, to realize that. And even with developing other things like depression and anxiety, like there's, you know, there's th those risks. Mm. Um, so <laughs> um, the next question is probably then when did I get diagnosed? Mm -hmm. so, so when did you get diagnosed? <laughs> that's me. Barry asked me the damn question. No. Um, <clears throat> so after high school, I then basically, well, here's the thing, right? I went to uni, but the only reason I went to uni was to prove my teachers wrong, right? <laughs> I had teachers at the time that had told me, um, you know, Tara, you're never going to make it, you know, just go be, you know, go do something that's easy. Go do something that, you know, you're not going to need to use your brain for mm. basically, um, which I took as a big challenge basically, which is something, a pattern in my whole life. Um, so, you know, I, I went to uni and I struggled, like I struggled really, really hard. I, I really struggled and I noticed that, you know, even though I was studying something that I really enjoyed, which made that part easy compared to the other students, I found that I, I couldn't sit through lectures. Like mm. I went to uni for six years. Yeah, I think, well, I was with you that time and I didn't think you left like yeah. twice to go. Yeah, <laughs> I never went. I, I literally, I think 
out of a six-year degree when you're meant to have like four to six lectures a week, I think I went to maybe five. Yeah. <laughs> Plus all the exams. You oh, did go to the exams. I did go to the exams when I got extensions for them. Yeah. But um, then you also crammed. You didn't You didn't really study. Yeah. Until like the last three days and then you were up all that time. Those yeah. Three I, days. I pretty much didn't sleep for three days. Those yeah. 72 hours. Yeah. But I think like, I just remember even, even when I went to lectures, like there was no listening. Like there was no mm. taking, I would take notes, but like it was just, I was trying to just get what was on the thing. And then as I kind of found my groove over the years, you know, um, I did end up kind of finding things in ways that worked. But the point I'm trying to make here is that throughout my whole uni degree, I very, very much realized that, you know, I was different to the mm. other students. I learned in a different way. I consumed information in a different way. And I also needed a lot of extra help. Like to get through my degree, I actually had a tutor almost every assignment. Kylie loved her. <laughs> yeah I had I had tutors to help me and nine times out of ten it wasn't even because I didn't understand the material or I didn't know how to do it because and I, I'll get to that in a second it was simply just because which I know now is because I needed a body double mm. I needed someone to just sit there <laughs> I needed someone to just sit there and do it with me and kind of create that urgency and and in, anyway so that's why I ended up doing that and they call that the ADHD tax you know to get yeah. through uni I had to pay a lot of money to actually have tutors to help me to, you know, basically make up for everything Get I didn't it. learn in the lectures, which I was paying for. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I had to have those extra help. And when it came to assignments, you know, I was always getting extensions. I was always late. Um, even tutorials, I remember always feeling like an imposter, like a fraud, like I was an idiot. Um, but it was surprising because when I would do exams and I would get my marks back, I was always really, really surprised with how well I would do. Mm. And it would be this way of like, you know, me proving to myself, like I actually do know my stuff because when I would yep. need tutors, I'm like, why am I even doing this degree? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, um, I think, I think every student goes to tutor. Yeah. Early. I think, yeah. A lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a generalization for me. <laughs> no, every, yeah. A lot, a lot do, a lot need that extra help and. Um, look, I think that's just something, you know, people don't talk about. And mm. I think it's, it was actually really hard for me to ask for help and need, and kind of like look, look for it. And I always felt like I needed to be really secretive of it, but it was just a reality for me. Um, but yeah, like it, it just wasn't easy, you know, even mm. doing my thesis, I think I went in and I saw my researcher probably three times and I didn't, I had to record her talking every time because I didn't know what she was saying and I knew I wasn't going to be paying attention. So Anyway, but that's that's a good idea. <clears throat> recording it is it a good idea. You always feel. I think a lot of people feel like they can't ask for those certain things. Yeah. Can I record it? Because and I, I think, and I would ask it. her. Yeah. Yeah. I said, look, my attention's not that great. Um, I'm probably gonna zone out in everything you're saying. Do you mind if I just record? I would ask for her permission. Mm. Um, but anyway, so after I'd finished my degree, um, you know, I I finished and I was ready to get into the workspace and whatnot. And a really funny thing happened. So I was in the kitchen. Most mornings, like I always do, my housemate Daisy at the time, <laughs> she um, every morning would say to me, we would have a conversation. I would say, hey, Daisy, what are you doing? What are you up to today? And she would tell me. And then two seconds later, I'd be like, oh, what are you doing today? And she'd be like, I'm going to uni and I've got this class. And I'm like, fight, like, you know, a couple of minutes later go by. Oh, so what are you doing this afternoon? What time do you finish uni? And she's like, Tara, for God's sake, I've told you 10 freaking times what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And this would happen every single morning, but not just even in the mornings. This would happen 
constantly. Mm. And so it was actually Daisy that literally said to me, she's like, she's like, dude, like you need to go get checked. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, your brain is like kaput. Scattered. <laughs> I'm like, you're so, she's like, you're so scattered. You need to go get checked. And I was like, I don't need to go get checked. Like, shut up. And then that's when I was like, oh, maybe I do. Mm. Like maybe this is my ADHD. And so I ended up booking in because I was curious. Um, and that's when I'd started seeing, you know, um, experts kind of talking about it on social media as well. And I was very much like, nah, like I know that I, I knew I had it as a kid. And I was like, I was under the impression I probably just grew out of it. Do you know? That's you know not now. the case. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the case at all. But I just assumed it was a kid thing. Mm. Like, you know, kids have it and then you, you don't have it as an adult. I didn't even know adult. ADHD existed. Yeah, I'd probably say I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, like I think um, you know, I, I ended up booking in and I, I was I went with a really bad attitude if I'm well not a bad attitude. I just didn't want to be diagnosed. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, I don't have it. Like I just want them to tell me like I don't have it and just get on with my life and just tell me I need to concentrate a bit more. Um but then I think a part of me also wanted that validation in a way mm. like I think I was there in like kind of two spirits almost so I I'd called up the the psychiatrist and I said hey you know I've got I think I want to come in for an ADHD you know assessment blah 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 so I ended up rocking up and my psychiatrist was really really lovely and he ended up explaining it to me and basically I I had to bring in some report card, like I had to bring in all my report cards. Didn't you call your parents as well? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. He had to, he, he had an interview with my mum mm. and he had an interview with somebody else, but I can't remember who else it was. But yeah, he had to, he talked to a few different people, um, doctors, records, all the different things. And he ended up doing, asking me to go do an assessment or a test the next day. So I came in the next day and a psychologist had sat me down ready to do a test. Like he'd yeah. set it up in this room. It was a pitch black room. Mm -hmm. I had to sit there on this computer anyway. So as he was preparing preparing it, he asked me, he said, oh, hi, Tara. Like, are you ready to come in? And I was like, yep, I'm ready. And he's like, oh, and he literally under his breath, he goes, he goes, what are you here for? And I was like, I'm here for an ADHD assessment. And he goes, oh, here we go again. <laughs> and I was like, what? That would have that would have rubbed you the wrong way, I think. Yeah, I was like, okay, and I was like, like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, everyone's getting diagnosed with ADHD now, and I'm like, oh, it's like, even more now though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to our videos <laughs> and a lot of other people's videos, um, but yeah, and then and then he's like, you know, oh, you know, and just another person that thinks they've got ADHD, and I was wow. like, I was like, look, like I I actually you know, I, I was diagnosed when I was, when I was little, mm. um, I'm just coming to kind of get an, an adult diagnosis. And he was very much like very dismissive, very rude. And then he pretty much said, so tell me, he sat me down. He's like, so tell me, what do you do for, what do you study? And I was like, well, you know, I've done a, I've done a psych degree. Um, I've just graduated actually in an honors degree. And he's like, yeah, you don't have ADHD. Mm. And I was like, what? And I was, by this point, mm. I was like about to start crying like mm. I was getting like really really heated and like worked up and I was like look um 
you know, like, what, what do you mean? And I tried to get curious and like give him the benefit of the doubt. And he's like, well, you were able to attend lectures. You were able like, to, nope. <laughs> I went to four of them yeah. or five. Is he's what like, he said last he's time. like, you're able to attend lectures. You were able to complete assignments. You were able to sit through exams. I'm like wow. sit through exams. I was like wiggling on my seat, like, Going to the zoning toilet. out the whole time like no i remember you telling me each time you'd go to exam or something you'd come back because i'd probably pick you up from it yeah and you'd be like i went to the toilet like six times i did because i couldn't sit there <laughs> and i was like it was my way of like trying to reset and i swear the people in the exam room thought i was cheating yeah, she's like, she's and i'm like cheating. i just need a breather like i can't be in this space mm. and that's when i i ended up getting um alternative exams because there was less people and and all See, the things i didn't even know that yeah, I don't I, even know you got alternative. They're exam. just I would just push it back, okay. so I'd get like an extension on the exam, so that I had to do it at a later date where there was less people. It'd be also I feel like really overstimulating in those exam halls. <sighs> like five hundred, like fifty people in front of you, all doing different things, and I'm just like looking around. And anyway, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible um, someone sneezes what's that yeah but he was telling me he was like you know the fact that and he's like he's like also not just that but you're obviously intelligent and i'm like so are you saying that people with adhd can't be intelligent yeah, well. I'm like you're a psychologist like you're a psychologist you have the same training as me and you're telling me like you've got no understanding of adhd mm. like my mind in that moment was like blown and it was the most horrible experience. Like it was so dismissive. Anyway, so we did the test and he ended up um, then looking at the results, giving it back to my psychiatrist. And at the end, he actually kind of like ate his own words because he's like, he had to sit in the room with, with the psychiatrist and he was like, oh, like, Oops. <laughs> that's pretty much what he said. He's like, oh, I guess, I guess you do have ADHD. You're like, damn right. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Because, like, the, the psychiatrist by that time had done, like, kind of gathered all the information mm. as well, obviously read my report cards, which I think is bloody the diagnosis in and of themselves. And your mum's saying, Tara changed outfits <laughs> 75 <laughs> times during the day. So I had to get her to only have five pairs of shoes. That's right. She <laughs> told you that story, I love that story. You? I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Our kids are probably going to have to do that. We're gonna have to do that with it's five shirts, five pants, five pairs of socks. Yeah, I wasn't. So you can just rotate through them. I wasn't allowed multiple. Pa well, it's not. I wasn't allowed. My mum. I didn't even know. <laughs> it's your mum doing all the cleaning yeah, and the clothes, washing. Clothes would just go missing. Yeah. Clothes. I. I. One oh, day I had a lot of clothes. Then the next day it slowly just got less and less. I'm like, where are all my clothes? I was like, but to be fair, I didn't wear any of them. I, I had my favorite outfits and that's why obviously mum, yeah, decided that five outfits were the max because when we'd be going out somewhere, I would get all 500 pairs out and on the bed and on the table. Which you do now. Yeah, I do do. I don't do have a mum to tell me I've only got five outfits. No, I just um, pack up after. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think like all that information obviously really led to then it pointing towards me having ADHD, mm. which... Was a lot to kind of hear, like people, you know, ask me, you know, how did you feel once you got that diagnosis? And in all honesty, I felt really confused because mm. I'd never been on medication for anything else at that point in my life. And kind of having, you know, now this psychiatrist telling me like, oh, you know, we can get you some medication, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't, like I had that stigma still mm. around medication that it meant I was broken. And so I, he gave me the prescription and I was like, I'm not going to get it filled. Like I literally had an argument with him and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really open to it. Like, I don't want to take mm. it. I'll just manage it. Yeah. So I ended up um, not getting 
the tablets for mm. like, I think it was probably like a week to two weeks maybe. Mm. And then I was like, nah, stuff this. Like, cause obviously I'd had the conversation and then I started realizing, damn, this really does impact my life. So then I was like, and then you just start noticing, just yeah. start noticing where you're like, oh, that's why I do that. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, maybe I should give this medication a try. Mm. So I did. Um, and honestly, it really changed my life. Like it really, really helped. It made me realize, you know, the difference between my brain and someone else's brain. I, I the, the distinct memory that I have when you got the medication mm. was we were sitting in the car and we we're driving somewhere and you went and you told me that these pills make it feel like your brain's not foggy. Yeah. You're like clarity, clear skies. Yeah. That's the distinct memory I have is clarity clear. yeah i can focus on one or two thoughts it, yeah. not like 75 different voices in your head telling you to do 75 different things um gotta love those voices yeah <laughs> I, I can see it, the funniest thing is when you're not in your meds or just in general is i see yeah. you have those thoughts when you're next to me it's like yeah you're like <laughs> should i poke barry should i should i do this should i do that <laughs> there's so many like yeah. Impulsive thoughts for, that come for context, out. Context, guys. I was on medication, so I was on medication for like probably I honestly don't actually know. Probably like a year, a year and a half. I reckon since you got diagnosed it was like two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. So you were there like two years then? Two or three. I reckon three. Yeah. The thing is it I was, was on never and off like, though. Yeah. It was, it was never, never like consistent. a full consistent period. Yeah. It was like Take it for like eight weeks, then forget, and then yeah, then run out. That's one of the biggest things that I've noticed, and yeah. a lot of people really struggle with is when they run out and then they have to be pre. Well, you uh, have to uh, go back. Yeah, and yeah, you have to go back to your. And prove you still got it. <laughs> yeah, that was so crazy to me. They were like, <laughs> the chemist was like, "Oh, you can't get these," and I'm like, "Oh, sorry, did my ADHD just disappear?" She's like, "You need to go back to your, your doctor." So I went back to the doctor, and she's like, "Yeah, you have to go through the process again." Mm. And I was like, what? So I literally have to go back if the prescriptions, I think it's like once a year, you have mm. to go back and literally do, not do the test and stuff, but like pretty much get reassessed. And I'm like, do you think it's gone? Yeah. When, where did it go? <laughs> Tell <laughs> me where heck? it's gone. Um, but you yeah, know, I think there's a lot of like reforms and people like, like, I guess change that's probably coming in that space, mm. hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, getting a diagnosis was very mixed, mixed feelings. As um, it would be. Yeah, yeah. But now we're, we're going to quickly jump into some questions around diagnosis okay. that you guys actually asked us and you really wanted to know. So Baz is going to ask I'm going to ask the questions because I'm And I'm just going to rant like I, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll start with the first one. Do you think having an actual diagnosis and label has helped you move forward and manage slash regulate better? Yeah, look, I think that this is a really important question. And I think it comes down, actually, before I get into that, I think it's really important to note that getting a diagnosis is a privilege. Mm. It genuinely is. So while yeah, my answer to that is yes, for me, it did help having that label. Um, but I'm also super aware that that's not actually feasible for so many people. And mm. that's why I'm so passionate about the fact that, you know, 
if you have ADHD and you are self, you know, diagnosing with it, I understand the concerns around that. But I also think that, you know, everyone knows a diagnosis takes such a long, 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 long time to get. Then you bring the condition into it where you forget appointments. Mm. You f- you, like how many times do I forget an appointment? And I get a phone call being like, hey, Tara, um, are you coming in? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was how, when, when can I next book in? Uh, three months. Exactly. It's like- and it's like, so the condition of itself, actually being able to remember appointments in advance, multiple appointments with, you know, not just, you don't just go to one person. You have to go to a GP, then you have mm. to go to a psychiatrist and whatnot. So actually being able to remember that, get to it, fill the forms out, find the- The money the, as well. The money to go there. That's such a privilege. Talk mm. about being remote. Some people don't have access you know, two doctors, two GPs and all those things. So I think, you know, there really needs to be a conversation. And I know it's starting, but it's like getting a diagnosis isn't isn't always necessary and it isn't always actually doable. And I think there's also a choice component in that, in that you shouldn't just be able to say that you've got ADHD just because, you know, a doctor says that. It's like if I broke my arm, and the bones protruding out of my arm, I'm pretty sure it's broken. <laughs> I don't need a doctor to look at me and go, oh, that's the answer. You got a broken arm. Like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Like, mm. I just think that it's like we kind of take the power away from people and knowing themselves. And also, I must also, I might also say doctors get it wrong a lot of the time. I had a psychologist literally telling me I don't have ADHD. And I do. Mm. <laughs> like doctors get it wrong and ADHD also goes misdiagnosed which means you know you can go in there and get diagnosed with anxiety or depression because you've been undiagnosed for such a long time and basically what I'm saying is that yes the system can can help but it can also not help so I think trusting yourself and your own intuition obviously not watching this is not me saying watch one TikTok and diagnose yourself with ADHD right that's not me saying that (laughs) please don't take this out of context this is just me saying that you know do your research do enough research and use your own judgment and if you want to get a diagnosis go get a diagnosis but also maybe try getting a second opinion yeah for sure yeah for sure Um, but yeah, to answer the question, I personally have found having that diagnosis, um, quite validating, but not even just validating. I think just having the diagnosis one gave me access to medication, Mm -hmm. um, which was helpful. But then two, it also then gave me the ability to kind of, um, articulate what was going on for me, but it's not necessary. I could have self-diagnosed. It's kind of just whether you, it's just up to you, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the crux of that. Yeah. I love that word, crux. crux. Have you ever noticed I say that all the time? It's the crux of it's it. It's just the crux of it, guys. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> Did you like my South African accent just then? Did you do one? I, I think notice. so. It sounded like it. Just the crux of it, guys. That was so bad. That was terrible. Every <laughs> South African's like, ah. <laughs> um, next question. Okay. So what was your first thought when you were diagnosed? I would say what you... It was a fuck you to the psychiatrist, to the psychologist that was sorry, guys, for swearing. But I was literally like, looked at him and I was like, hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, like proved you wrong. (laughs) That was my very first thought. But aside from him, um, the first thought was probably, I felt broken. 
Wow, it's actually how I felt, to be honest. And it's really sad to think that, but I was kind of like, oh, like having a psychiatrist sit there and tell me like, you need to take meds. Well, you you know, like I felt this sense of like a part of my brain doesn't work. And because the conversation around ADHD at that time was like, this was in 2019, like it was still very new. It's mm. not how it is current, like current today getting a diagnosis and it's still not great today. But yeah, back then, like I, I kind of just knew that I wasn't going to have the support and understanding. And so I just felt broken. Hmm. Do you think it would have changed your look on it if you had someone like yourself or the other ADHD people out there? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's that's the why behind why we post what we do. Mm. Like it's not always, it's not easy for, for us still, you know, like we, we post stuff all the time about ADHD and every single time we post, we still get the comments that I was once afraid of, mm. you know, ADHD is made up. It's just your diet. You know, you're just lazy. <laughs> just stop eating bad food. Um, which probably doesn't help, but no. <laughs> no, it doesn't help, but no. at the same time, you still got to live. Yeah, no. And I look, I think, you know, we still get those comments and, and that's where I actually see so much power in that now. Like mm. that, you know, we actually get to really actively be that person for someone that I, that I, I needed when I was, yeah. I was going through that. So. I think one of the biggest stuff, like biggest things for me is seeing parents through yeah. our content, being able to relate to their son or daughter. Yeah. Um, There's been so many child. times where Barry and I have been like going off to bed and we'll like get a message read something, and yeah. we'll read something and we'll both just like be tearing up. Yeah, it is quite a... quite a Impactful moment. Yeah, com not confronting. It is confronting it, in yeah. a way though because it's it, it really shows you how alone people feel. Yeah, before Definitely. before they found you kind of thing. So yeah. that can be really confronting. Um, but look, after the F you to the psychologist <laughs> and the um, me then going, oh, I'm broken, it was very validating. It yeah. was overall a very positive experience. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was, it was very positive. For me personally, I felt validated. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Next question, big boy. Give it to me. <laughs> Big boy. Big boy. Um, how did you feel when you were... You plucked your eye... You plucked your monobrow. <laughs> wow. Why are you going to do that? I just looked at you. Why are you going to pull that? Barry plucked his monobrow before the episode. So the people on the court. <laughs> wow. Okay. You Throwing me under the bus like that? I like it. Okay, we should. Good. I should wax it on air for you one time. Jeez. Imagine <laughs> the sound funny. that'll be in that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone be like, what is happening? All um, right, next question. How did you feel when you were diagnosed? I guess, wait, okay. ask another one. Okay. Uh, do you find it offensive if someone who is undiagnosed ADHD labels themselves as having ADHD? No. Yeah, I think you kind of Point answered blank, that one before no. as well. If you are getting triggered by that, I think you really need to look inwards and mm -hmm. really reassess the idea that, you know, the fact you've got a diagnosis is a privilege. Point blank. Particularly here in Australia, you know, we have access to Medicare. We have access to a really great health healthcare system. And a lot of other countries don't have that. It can be a very expensive thing. And for you to be able to sit there and say to someone, you know, you can't call yourself ADHD. Sit down. <laughs> sit down, <laughs> send them to me. I'll have a conversation with them. No, but like, look, I just, 
yeah i'm very passionate about that mm -hmm. yeah next yeah, question barry's like tara's getting feisty <laughs> <laughs> next question <laughs> okay. what would you tell your past self pre-diagnosis i'd say babe you've got adhd go to the doctor <laughs> You've got, that's literally what I would say. That's what you would say. Yeah. Okay. I wish that could be as deep and meaningful as, as I feel <laughs> I like that question is meant to be. I looked at be. you and I was like, okay, is there no, something I, you're going to add on? But look, no, that's I perfect. think, what would you tell your past self pre-diagnosis? To go into the deep and meaningful part of that, I'd be like, obviously, dude, you've got ADHD. But I would also just say like, you're not crazy. You no. are different. Your brain does work differently. Um, I think even just actually, you know what? Here's deep and meaningful, Tara. She's coming. Ask me the question again so I can I can restart. <laughs> Let me try and find this again. Uh, what would you tell your past self pre-diagnosis? I would tell her that she is different and that she doesn't have to be normal. Hmm. She does not have to be normal. Normal is overrated. Normal is not good for you. Normal is going to put you in burnout. Hmm. being normal is going to hurt your self-esteem. Being that's... normal is going to suffocate the beautiful, crazy, spontaneous, chaotic version hmm. of you that is allowed to come out. When it is managed well, it's freaking awesome. Hmm. Like, I know ADHD is not cool, but like there are facets when you actually get to be your weird, wonderful self that is beautiful. And when you are in a situation like you and I, when we are in this beautiful, you know, relationship and I'm fully accepted, I can have my overly intense emotions and not feel shame about it. I can have my crazy, spontaneous, impulsive purchases and not feel shame about it. Just going, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm like, sorry, Barry. <laughs> but like what I'm saying though is that like I just want her to know she doesn't have to dull herself down. Yeah. And you can work with your ADHD, not against it. And just like getting a getting a parcel in the in the mail. Yeah, oh, shush. Ah, <laughs> oh, shush. And up. getting it. Tara, what's this? Ah. Oh. Yeah. Just hand it to me. I'll check what it is. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think I think now we I would love to jump into just quickly um actually tapping into just some advice about what if you are wanting to get a diagnosis, if that is an option for you um or you've been considering it for lo for a long time, you know, firstly, I don't want you to feel like there's a pressure that you have to go get mm. it like what we've been talking about. What I want you to know though is how to set yourself up for success if that is a route you want to go down. So what are the first steps you should take um, if you suspect that you need a diagnosis? I so, was supposed to ask that question. Sorry, but yep, I okay, just looked just, at you. Yep. Okay, also, in the last episode, <laughs> so many of you pointed out that I said to Barry, I was like, so would you like to start? And then he said, yes. And then, and then I then said, and then I proceeded to start. But if you look closely, you can see my reaction like it is normal. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, okay. All right, so there she goes again. There she um, goes again. Yeah, look, first and foremost, if you suspect you've got ADHD and you're wanting to go get a diagnosis, my brother actually recently just went through this and he got a diagnosis and he asked me the same question. And I said, look, what you need to do is for like, obviously book in your appointment because they're usually so far in advance. So I would suggest booking in your appointment and in the time between now and your appointment, documenting your symptoms. Mm -hmm. So actually, you know, pen and paper or in your phone, whatever, if you're not going to lose it, um, actually, you know, taking some time each day or over, you know, a couple of different sittings and actually saying, you know, what are my symptoms? When do they occur? 
um, you know, what's kind of going on, what are the triggers, um, because that's going to really help your doctor be able to see the patterns. Yeah. Because it's really hard when you sit in a doctor's office and they go, what are your symptoms? Uh, and you sit there and you're like, um, sometimes I forget. <laughs> yep, I can see that. <laughs> but like you forget, you don't remember like yeah. what, what your symptoms are. So I would just say literally go in there with a pen, like with your piece of paper or with your phone. Don't feel embarrassed to read it out. Read out the symptoms explain how it impacts not just you know you at home impact talk about how it impacts your relationships talk about how it impacts your work how it impacts your emotions how it impacts every little facet of mm -hmm. of your life um the next thing i would say is book into a gp like i said um you can go down different routes like i think you can book into a psychologist first but i always just say go to your gp simply just because we've got listeners from like internationally and it's yeah. different in each state it's different in each country so go to your gp um and then they'll be able to direct you with what path and to if go down. somebody is listening and is from a different country and knows the process please send it to us yeah so we can kind of understand <laughs> in other countries yeah what the process we, is we would love to create some links for you guys to be able to to kind of know which pathways to take depending on where you are in the world yeah. um i will say before your appointment, like I said, with gathering those symptoms, sometimes you don't know what symptoms you experience until you know what the symptoms of ADHD yeah. are. What do we call that? That's the aha stage, but we'll get into that. Later, <laughs> we can talk yeah. about that in the next episode. But what I would say is do some research, watch some TikToks, watch some YouTube videos, you know, read some articles online, read some books, and you will find that you will get the language to be able to put to what you're experiencing. Mm. Um, which can be really hard if you don't actually know much. So research, I would say. So after you have, um, after you have kind of done all of that, the next thing that's kind of, so the next question is what's involved in the diagnosis process? I'm looking at Baz literally being like, sir, you're telling me that I'm not meant to be asking the questions. I and wasn't he's ready. Not, he's I wasn't not even ready. ready to ask the next you question. Answered, you <laughs> said the last one, so you threw me. <laughs> okay, go on. You oh. need to ask me the question. Okay, now I need to find it again because you went for what you went for. Um, it says, Barry, what is involved in the diagnosis? I've lost Do everything. you want to say it? I've gone blind. I can't <laughs> see anything. You put me under so much okay. pressure. People are like, hurry up, Barry. Um, what is oh, good, involved good job. in the diagnosis <laughs> process? You already okay. said it. But, okay. So what's involved in the diagnosis process? So first, recognizing your symptoms. Secondly, like I said, going and getting that GP. They're the first two steps. Gathering information. So this is where we talk about if you can go to your GP or you can go to your psychiatrist, bring your school records, bring your doctor's records, bring records of this being a problem in your life. If you're working and it's a job in your work life, if you've got letters or emails from your superiors telling you to pick up your act, it's probably a good email to bring, right? Like screenshots of that. This is like where you get to gather that information. Then you'll go evidence. through. Yeah, evidence, literally. <laughs> Proving it in a court of law. Um, that was really lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> then you'll go through <laughs> Josh and Josh and Parry are cringing so hard. I'm sorry. It's okay. That's all right. Um, yeah, so then you'll go through a an evaluation where, like I explained, this is where your psychiatrist will then kind of do an examination of you. You know, they'll make sure that the symptoms you're experiencing 
experiencing aren't because of any other um, medical condition. They're not because of any other like comorbid condition. So they'll really do an evaluation of you, all mm-hmm. the information that you bring. Um, they may do an assessment. This can vary depending Um you know, this might be rating scales, questionnaires. They might observe you in the room, how you act, um, clinical interviews. So this is where they talk about your family history because that can be a big thing. Um, and like I said, they'll rule out other conditions and then you will then receive the diagnosis. And really, there is a lot of information online about this. So you actually, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much, but if I could give you any advice that is going to really help is document your symptoms, research, so you know how to document your symptoms, and then get information, like get evidence and bring it with you. Um, And then the second opinion would probably be the next thing. If you feel like you've got ADHD and your first primary, you know, care doctor doesn't agree, go get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. This is where you have to trust your gut and you have to go, hang on, I know that something's going on here. I know that it's not just you know, my food or it's not just, you know, nothing. It's something to you. And that's where you've got to trust your own intuition and go, okay, like there is something here and I think, you know, I need to unpack it further. Yeah. So do you know the next question, Brad? Yeah, I've got the next question. <laughs> okay, go Ready. for it. Stop throwing me under the bus this much. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, okay, Barry, come on. I know. They're <laughs> um, going to think I wear the pants in this relationship and it's not true. Yeah. It's just I, I like it she to look that lifts way. The pants. <laughs> <laughs> how, um, how can someone best communicate their concerns to a medical professional? Uh, don't be waffly, <laughs> which is hard as which ADHD is. <laughs> and that's why I say to write the list, be specific. So, you know, I struggle to sleep. I only get six hours sleep a night or mm. I only get four hours sleep a night or I go to bed at 3 a.m. Be specific about it. You know, don't tell us that what shows you're watching and like this left, right and center. Like just, they just understand things when it's really quite specific. Mm-hmm. Um, share your medical history. You know, if, if you think something's relevant, it probably is relevant, mm-hmm. right? If your mum is a bit of a scatterbrain, even though she's undiagnosed, explain that. Say, you my know, mom. <laughs> say, you know, my mum has it or like she doesn't have it, but like she's like this. It's been a pattern in our family. You know, my mum can never hold down a job. I've never like really give give information because mm-hmm. you don't realize that even when it comes to say sex, like if sex is a big thing for you and it's a struggle, talk about it. Talk about how it impacts all those areas mm-hmm. of your life. Um, and if something isn't clear, ask the questions. That's what I would I would definitely say. And like I said, be honest. You know, you don't put it this way. You don't want to be diagnosed with ADHD if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't feel like you know you have to go in there and exaggerate your symptoms or even minimize your symptoms. Like I said, be honest, be Mm. honest about if you're struggling when it comes to sex or you're struggling with other different areas of life, be honest about it. Don't minimize it. Don't over, over complicate it. So now we are going to be diving into the funny part of our segment (laughs) where we're going to be reading out some of the stories and I'm going to let Barry read them out. I just got to open my messages because Josh <laughs> sent them to me. Um, I so find them. This a funny segment is we basically asked our community to send us some stories. Like I said at the start, send us some stories of ADHD fails or moments that they had this week. So we're going to dive okay. into that now. So the first one is 
I texted my husband this morning and told him I was chopping my hair off because I hated it. He chopping asked, her hair off? Yeah, she's chopping it all off. Um, he asked me what I hated about it. And my reply was, I just, it's just everywhere and it's always touching me. <laughs> yeah. Why is that so freaking relatable? How many, okay, how frequently do I chop clothes? And now I impulsively cut it off. Oh, no. So she actually did it. <laughs> She's just there getting the scissors out. Her husband comes home and he's like, okay, you've got no hair. Oh. The, the amount of times I say this to Barry, I'm like, no, I'm shaving my hair off. I'm done with it. I'm done. You dyed your hair. I have a lot of times. Where'd you go, pink? I did. Yeah. And then I'm... I don't actually your, mind the pink. I, I actually really I enjoyed the pink. I met your dad like the next day. I'm oh, like, yeah, you did. oh no. <laughs> I just impulsively dyed my hair pink and now he's going to think I'm a crazy my lady. My dad's so South African. <laughs> I'm so worried about that. You're like, hi. <laughs> okay, do you want me to read one out? Okay, you can read the next one out. My turn. <sighs> okay. I gave Tara the long <laughs> And I was like, okay. I was working from home and got up to make a cup of tea. While the water was boiling, I unloaded the dishwasher. Then started to make the tea, swept the floor, remembered I was working, finished making the tea, had the cup in my hand, then started walking back to my laptop, sat down on my laptop, realized the cup of tea was no longer in my hand, retraced my steps, found the tea by the doom pile on the counter that had distracted me. I then got distracted by the doom pile again, then realized I was meant to be working. Again. So I walked back to my laptop, sat down, realized I'd forgotten the tea and had to go back to the kitchen again to grab it. Finally sat down at my laptop. Could I remember what I was working on before? Nope. No. <laughs> so many times. This has happened to you so many times. I can just imagine the whole I feel like that's every visual. ADHD experience. Yeah. That's why we end up having six cups of freaking drink oh, on our or table. Diet Coke or something. Yeah. There's always something multiples. Different. Of the same thing. Okay. Do you want to read the next one? Oh, sure. Okay. No, actually, I'm going to read it. There you it. go. Okay. <laughs> because I like your laugh. Okay. Okay. A friend texted me to say, could they pop around so I could help them write a eulogy for their nan's funeral? I originally wrote... Why'd you cut your Because mouth? I don't want to accidentally laugh at the wrong thing. Okay. I originally wrote, because you can, but good old predictive text, oh, Course you can, but good old. Pre Hang on, let me start that again. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I'm starting. Rewind. Okay. okay. A friend texted me to say, "Could they pop round so I could help them write a eulogy for their nan's funeral?" I originally wrote, "Course you can," but good old predictive text change it changed to <laughs> "Corpse your nan." <laughs> Please tell me she noticed that before. ADHD brain didn't engage until it was too late and sent. Then I got busy with ADHD brain shit and oh. forgot to correct it once sent. Safe to say they didn't pop round. Oh. <laughs> Is that it? She didn't follow That's up? It. That's okay. Done. So we don't know the end of it. Do you know what though? I feel so unfulfilled though. I need to know what happened after they're that. They're not friends. Oh, they're, they're done. Not, oh, they're done. They wouldn't yeah, you I know. think? Yeah, true. <laughs> Do you know what though? That's the worst thing about ADHD. You notice your error and you're like, oh shit, I need to fix that. Oh, bird. 
And then you're like, oh, where was I? And then you're like, crap. I never like got back to them mm. about what I their issue. Anyway, I so you've get told that. Me so many times that you've. Oh my god. You've left someone there, or they call you and they're like, hey, are you gonna reply to what I'm I said? I'm pretty sure. I really hope my hairdresser isn't listening to this, Tian, because I'm pretty sure I haven't. haven't I just remembered I haven't responded to what she asked me. She asked me if I needed my hair done. I feel so bad for my hairdresser because she will ask me. She tries to help me in advance. She'll text me multiple times. and She's like, hey, babe, do you need a book in? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just driving. I'll get back to you. And I never get back to her until the morning of. And I'm like, like, babe, I need my hair done. That I swear to God, if when we get married, I will forget to book in my hair appointment to get married. And I then think I'll you'll be like, forget hey, to show up. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm getting married tomorrow. Can you do my hair? I'll, sta- be like, I'll, be, really? I'll be standing there next to well, talking to Peter, your dad, and I'll be like, Tara coming? No. <laughs> I promise like, I'll show up to yeah, the wedding. Will, will. All right, guys. Well, that is it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed. Um, we're so excited. Make sure to let us know um, what you guys you want this segment yeah. to be called. But we want to remind you guys to make sure you have joined our free Facebook community. It's really fun in there. It's a place where we get to chat. We get to get your ideas for the episode. And it's kind of just a place where you get to talk about all things ADHD Mm -hmm. and have people that actually get it. Um, We also have a ADHD community, which we call... The Neurospicy Family. Neurospicy Family. It's a really, really cool community. It's kind of that step up from the Facebook group, the free group where you actually get a library full of videos and resources and it's ever growing. And a weekly, uh, no, monthly monthly live calls with us. Yeah. So you actually get to jump onto a live call with us. We've just had so many good things come from that. Yeah. It's, it's just such a really, it's a really cool community. And look, I think it's one of those things that when you're actually paying to be a part of it, you know, you, you bring, you, you actually bring a sense of intentionality Mm -hmm. to it, which I really love. Um, next up, we have a really exciting few things that we aren't going to share. Actually, I'm going to shut my mouth before I overshare. <laughs> um, I'm not going to overshare right now, but we have exciting things coming up for you guys. Um, and a lot of good episodes. So make sure to follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, and we and even have. Give it five stars. YouTube and give and us five give stars. Give us five stars. And we love the fact that everyone has loved this so much and yeah. we are number five, which is amazing. I think. We couldn't have done it without you guys. I think it's been insane. And I think Tara and I just look at each other each night and go, What are we doing? (laughs) We literally have a mattress behind us with pillows because anyway. Yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah. We just really love you guys. And we just really, our heart is to serve this community. Mm -hmm. And it's really, sorry for my French, but it's really fucking cool to see like an ADHD podcast number five in the charts. It shows you how needed it is and how powerful and impactful it is. So we are going to love you and leave you. And thank you so much. Yeah. We'll see you all in the next episode. See you guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.